bestbookbits.com brings you the book summary of The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Popular writer, researcher, and educator Brene Brown offers an interactive guide that through stories, meditations, and creative activities help us embrace our flaws and live an authentic life. When our embarrassments and fears lie, we often listen to them anyway. They dwarf our gratitude, acceptance, and compassion, our goodness. They insist I'm not worthy, but we are worthy of self-discovery, personal growth, and boundless love. With Brene Brown's game-changing New York Times bestseller, The Gifts of Imperfection, which has sold more than 2 million copies in more than 30 different languages, and Forbes recently named one of the five books that will actually change your outlook on life. We find courage to overcome in paralyzing fear and self-consciousness, strengthening our connection to the world. A motivational and inspiring guide to wholehearted living rather than just the average self-help book with this groundbreaking work, Brene Brown, PhD, bolsters the self-esteem and personal development process through her characteristic, heartfelt, honest storytelling. With original research and plenty of encouragement, she explores the psychology of releasing our definitions of an imperfect life and embracing living authentically. Brown's 10 guideposts are benchmarks for authenticity that can help anyone establish a practice for a life of honest beauty, a perfectly imperfect life. Now more than ever, we all need to cultivate feelings of self-worth, as well as acceptance and love for ourselves. In a world where insults, criticism, and fears are spread too generously alongside messages of unrealistic beauty, attainment, and expectation, we look for ways to dig deeper and find truth and gratitude in our lives. A new way forward means we can't hold on too tightly to our own self-defeating thoughts or the displaced pain in our world. Instead, we can embrace the imperfection. So many of us are trying to live our lives according to other people's rules. We try our hardest to fit in, to do what we think we should do. We work hard at our job because society expects us to. We don't spend that much time having fun because we think people will judge us as frivolous. But what's the result of all of this? We end up leading anxious and unhappy lives. This book summary shows us another way. They highlight the need for us to embrace our own uniqueness, our own little imperfections and quirks. The thing that makes us who we are. It is by following this path of authenticity and individualism that we can hope to become happy. In this summary of The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, in this book summary you'll discover why everything looks better when you zoom out, why you should devote a decent portion of your life to play, and why you should define yourself with slashes. The Gifts of Imperfection key idea number one, authenticity is a choice that requires courage, compassion, and connection. Most people would like to live a life that is true to who they are. In other words, we like to be as authentic as possible. Unfortunately, though, a handful of factors stand in our way. For example, a lack of self-confidence or pressure to conform. As a result, we feel we are inauthentic people, too weak to live honestly. But this is simply untrue. Authenticity isn't a quality that you either have or don't. Rather, it's a choice, one that reflects how we want to live. It's the daily decision to be honest, embrace our vulnerability, and not care what others think. And because it's a choice, we thus have the option to be authentic on some days and less authentic on those other days when we're too tired. If you do, however, choose to act with more authenticity, then you'll need to practice courage and compassion. You'll need the courage to speak your mind and allow yourself to be vulnerable in front of others. To look at this in a practice, think about the next time you really want something to happen, like winning a contest or nailing an interview. 
Try not to play down your hopes in these situations. Acting like failure is no big deal won't make the pain of failure any easier. In contrast, being honest about your hopes makes it possible for you to find support when you need it. Furthermore, exercising compassion allows you to recognize that you aren't alone, and that, in fact, everyone around you struggles with the exact same issues as you. Compassion, in contrast with sympathy, is a relationship between equals. In order to relate to the struggles of others, you have to acknowledge your own as well. By understanding that everyone around you has likely gone through what you're going through now, you'll have an easier time opening up to them and finding support. Before we jump into key idea number two, just a quick reminder, if you want this summary on a PDF, pop your email in the link below and I'll send it straight to you. Back with the summary. The gifts of imperfection, key idea number two, fear of shame hides behind perfectionism. Are you a perfectionist? I know I am. If you are, do not consider it to be a positive quality. Perfectionism, despite maybe sounding positive, isn't worth pursuing. It's different than striving to be your best and it's unrelated to self-improvement. Rather, it revolves around the fundamental fear of shame. Perfectionism, in short, is the belief that if we look perfect and live and act perfectly, then we'll be able to shield ourselves from criticism, judgment, or blame. This shield, in other words, is supposed to protect us against shame. However, life as perfectionists is emotionally unhealthy because it makes our own self-worth dependent on approval or acceptance from others. Not only is perfectionism unhealthy, but it's also addictive and self-destructive. In fact, perfectionism is futile as perfection itself is illusory. The perfectionist mindset, however, doesn't recognize these traps. Instead, whenever they inevitably fail to achieve perfection, perfectionists blame themselves for their inability and tell themselves to do better, regardless of whether that's actually possible. They become, in effect, addicted to improvement. Perfectionism can also lead to life paralysis, that is, the inability to put oneself out into the world due to the fear of imperfection. People suffering from life paralysis might, for instance, be unable to send that email to someone they admire out of fear. It won't be well received or might leave their writing unpublished out of fear of criticism. Luckily, we can avoid the constraints of perfectionism by simply being honest about our fear of shame and by reminding ourselves to do things for ourselves rather than for others. So the next time you want to get fit, for example, don't let others' opinions of you and your body be your motivation. Instead, tell yourself that exercise and a healthy diet will make you feel better and healthier and that your success or failure in getting fit won't affect your worth as a person. The gifts of imperfection, key idea number three, cultivate purpose and perspective so you are resilient in the face of adversity. How many of us have tried to lose weight, but instead give up at the first sign of trouble? So many of us lack the resilience necessary to achieve our goals. Luckily, we can change that tendency. Let's start by looking at where resilience originates. Resilience comes from practicing hope. While hope is often considered an emotion based on circumstances outside of our control, researcher C.R. Snyder argues instead that hope is actually a cognitive process that can be both learned and practiced. Hope comes from telling yourself where you want to go, recognizing how you'll get there and telling yourself that you have what it takes to succeed. You can make the light at the end of the tunnel appear closer or brighter by dividing larger goals into smaller, more manageable ones. Next time you face a daunting challenge, like giving up nicotine, make a conscious choice to take it one day at a time. Thinking about your efforts for a day is easier than thinking about it for a year 
or the rest of your life. And once the habit of not smoking sinks in, your resilience will build on itself. Resilience can also be developed by adopting a critical, broadened perspective towards the adversity you face. It's easy to feel terrible when the camera is zoomed in on you, and all you see are your imperfections. But if you pan out a bit, you'll start to see that you are surrounded by people who share your struggle. Many people who have issues with body image as a result of media pressure, for instance, could benefit from adopting a broader perspective. They should ask themselves, are the images that I'm seeing real or fantasy? Am I the only person who feels dissatisfied with my body after seeing these images? Answering these questions can help people remain critical, see that they aren't alone in their struggle, and resist societal expectations, instead refocusing on self-worth. Before we jump into key idea number four, if you want to support Best Book Bits further, I have released my new book, Success in 50 Steps, so grab a copy now, and this will go towards the further growth of Best Book Bits. Back with the book summary. The Gifts of Imperfection, key idea number four. Practice being grateful for the ordinary moments in life. It's common sense that you'd be happier when you're grateful for the things you have, rather than when you're lamenting that you don't have enough. This gratitude, much like hope, is not an accidental emotion, but it is a mindset that can be consciously trained. While most people think of gratitude as the feeling that follows positive experience, in reality, it is a practice that fosters happiness. This has major implications for how we live our lives. It means that joy isn't merely the accidental result of external conditions over which we have no control. Rather, we actively choose joy by practicing gratitude. One way to actively choose gratitude is by telling yourself that what you have is enough or more than enough rather than seeing everything in terms of scarcity. We often fall into the bad habit of faltering ourselves for not having enough, we're not rich enough, we're not thin enough, we don't have enough time, and so on. Instead, we should focus on the things we already have and understand that we could have less. With grateful perspective, you'll soon find yourself feeling more grateful no matter how prosperous you are. But above all else, the key to gratitude is to find value in the ordinary moments that make up your life. Things like tucking your child into bed, sharing a good meal, or walking home on a sunny day. That is a choice to have a grateful perspective helps people have experienced severe trauma or sadness. People who have undergone intense traumatic experiences such as the loss of a child, violence, or genocide attest that they tend to remember fondly that mundane aspects of daily life before the traumatic experience. The gifts of imperfection, key idea number five. To be a better decision maker, let go of the need for certainty and trust your intuition. Your intuition is one of the greatest resources in decision making. Unfortunately, however, many people find it difficult to trust their intuition. In part, it's because most people don't understand what intuition is. They think of it as a gut feeling that has nothing to do with the rationality or reason. In reality, intuition and reason are not mutually exclusive. Rather, intuition works like a rapid-fire series of associations that happen unconsciously. How so? When your brain makes an observation, it goes through your catalogs of memories in order to find relevant information. This information is compiled into the unconscious gut feeling that informs your actions. It is the exact process of unconsciously drawing on previous experiences that allows athletes, like basketball players for example, to know the precise angle and force they need to shoot a three-pointer without having to sit down first to do the math. So we can't think of intuition as opposite of reason. Rather, intuition is a simple way of reasoning that leaves room for uncertainty when making decisions. 
By embracing your intuition, you put trust in both yourself and the experiences that you have contributed to your knowledge. This enables you to act with a degree of confidence despite not knowing how a situation will play out. The basketball player, for example, can't be certain that the ball will switch through the hoop, but he can make an educated guess based on his intuition. But why should you want to trust your intuition? Simply put, doing so can help you overcome your fear of risk. Most people avoid risk and uncertainty, leading them to act hesitantly and make poor decisions. By learning to embrace intuition, you'll become accustomed to taking action in the face of uncertainty and thus persevere through the fear of making the wrong decision. The gifts of imperfection, key idea number six, embrace your own creative potential to do away with the need for comparison. Comparing ourselves to others is totally natural and something that we all do. However, in our attempts to measure ourselves against our peers, we often end up actually ridding ourselves of that very quality that makes us interesting individuals. Indeed, comparison is the very root of conformity. While competition and conformity might at first sound like polar opposites, they're actually inextricably related. Whenever we compete, we necessarily compare ourselves to others by the means of the very narrow criteria. For this reason, we won't bother to compete with people from entirely different traditions and backgrounds, yet get rolled up about the very people who live next door. While we might not compare our homes to the mansions across town, we're likely to compete over who has the best kept lawn on the block. However, because we only compete with those who are similar to us already, we ensure that we will follow the path of conformity. If we want to transcend these arbitrary comparisons, we must start by embracing our own individuality. When we focus on our own unique gifts, it reminds us that the world consists of individuals, each of whom make unique and incomparable contributions. But to let your individuality shine, you'll first need to cultivate your creativity. What if you aren't creative? Hogwash, there's no such thing as creative types and non-creative types. There is a clear distinction between those who make use of their creativity and those who don't. So don't get hung up on whether you're creative enough. Just go out there and create. It doesn't matter if you paint, cook, write, make music, or whatever else. As long as you're creating, you're also cultivating your individuality. While we're on this topic, I have created something. The best 150 best book bit summaries, which you can download in the PDF below. So click the link if you want to get 150 of the best book bit summaries I have done over the years. Back with the summary. The gifts of imperfection, key idea number seven. When it comes to your well-being, play and rest are just as important as work. If someone told you to drop everything and go play right now, could you do it? Or would other obligations keep you from leaving your desk? Making time to play isn't as easy as it might seem. Our society has the bad habit of tying self-worth to productivity. As a result, we end up sacrificing things like rest, play, and our general well-being if those things appear to get in the way of our work. When was the last time you told yourself to stay up just one more hour to get more work done, despite barely being able to keep your eyes open? People think of work and play as being polar opposites. They think that by getting rid of one, usually play, they'll have more on the other. The fact is, however, that the opposite of play is not work, but depression. Humans, as have been verified by authors' research, are biologically programmed to engage in purposeless activity, meaning play. To deprive ourselves of play is to do ourselves a greater service. In fact, cranking up the amount of play and rest you give yourself can actually make you more productive by bringing back excitement and novelty to your job, while also fostering empathy and creativity. 
One way to do so is by playing with your co-workers. For example, you could make it a habit to go out with your colleagues to shoot some hoops after work every Friday. Not only will the exercise and fun make you happier and healthier, you'll develop a connection with your co-workers in your professional context and improve your ability to work within your team. The same goes for rest. If you always push yourself to exhaustion, then your work and your well-being will inevitably suffer. So pay attention to your body and its needs. The gifts of imperfection, key idea number eight. Learn to manage your anxiety rather than trying to get rid of it. Life in our fast-paced, stress-filled society makes a lot of anxiety. For many people, perhaps even 